thank you for joining us for this podcast from Abundant Life. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this word. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to do what Ezra did. He stood up before the people. He read the scripture and he caused it to make sense. If you will listen today, I promise you God's word is right. It's true. It's powerful. It's the greatest book and it's the most different book in the world. It's a living book. And I'm going to read it, and God is going to speak to your heart today, if you will listen. In Luke chapter 19, verse 37, the Bible says, As they reached the place where the road started down from the Mount of Olives, all his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Bless the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But, now there's a switch coming, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. I want to speak to you this morning from a Bible study titled, Don't Let the Rocks or Anyone Else Do Your Job. Look at your neighbor and say, don't do it. Pray with me. God, thank you for this time together, Lord. I thank you for your love and for your spirit. God, I pray now you'd anoint me to say things that would honor you. Father, I pray that you would give me the words to say, God, that would be sound doctrine. Teach us today by your spirit. Father, I pray that you would increase our faith. Lord, I pray we would learn things today from your holy word that will enable us to be and to do all that you've called us to be and to do. God, I thank you for Everything that you're doing in the earth, you promised that you'd glorify your name in all the earth. Lord, I thank you for the things that you're doing in our community and in our church to make your name glorious. Father, I pray that you would sanctify this time for your use and glorify yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't let the rocks or anyone else do your job. The text that I just read out of St. Luke's Gospel is surrounding the day we usually call Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday before Easter. It is the event where Jesus rode into Jerusalem to begin his last week of earthly ministry, and people started crying out and praising him. And if you come back on uh, the Sunday before Easter this year, I'll probably preach a traditional Palm Sunday message, and I'll let you know that through much of Jesus' ministry, when people begin to as the King James says, noise abroad his wonderful works. He put them on the shh. He, he kept it on the low and said, don't tell everybody. But here, there was a total switch, a total difference, where people started crying out. People started praising him. People started calling him Messiah. People started worshiping him openly and publicly, and he let it happen. But there was always a group of people that were in opposition to him. And let's look at the verses That I just read. Take a moment with them and we'll get out of here. In verse 37 of our text, it says, As they reached the place where the road started down from the Mount of Olives. Comma. Always pause on the punctuation. When you're reading, don't just gloss through it. Don't just rush through it so so you can say, I read a whole chapter in the Bible. Take it in bite-sized pieces. Pay attention to the punctuation. Pause when you need to pause and think about what's been said. Now, we talk a lot about hermeneutics at Abundant Life. Hermeneutics. It's a theological term. It means the art and science of properly interpreting Scripture. There are keys. There are principles you can use to help when you read the Bible to cause it to make sense. 
and one of them is knowing who they are. You have to understand the Bible as it was written to whom it was written. You have to understand what it's saying to, to whom it was saying it to. And many times the Bible uses words like us and they. Us is usually who? They is usually who? But not always. Usually, but not always. And here's one of those not always places. As they reached the place where the road started down. Now, if you were just going off what you've been taught for years at Abundant Life, looking for we and us versus they and them, you would think that, oh, there's a they. It must be talking about non-Christians. That's why it's so important that you read with comprehension. Here is the exception where they is not necessarily talking about non-believers. This is the group of people who were following Jesus. We see that as we continue to read. All of his followers began to do what? And what? Check, check. If you participate, we'll get out of here faster. I'm going to treat this like Wednesday night Bible study instead of like an hour and a half Sunday morning preaching. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and say, how many of y'all would rather get out in, in the, you know, the hour we normally do Bible study versus the two hours we do church? But all of his followers began to do what? And what? They began to shout and sing as they walked along praising God for the wonderful miracles they had seen. I told you America has perfected churches. Better preachers than I could take this verse and preach for hours on it, sweat, have everybody standing up, running around, because it shows that there's unity there together, there's fellowship together, they're shouting, they're singing, they're walking, which means they had to get up and do something. That's a message all by itself right there. You know, people sitting around waiting on God, sometimes you got to put some feet to your prayer. I'm going to keep moving and, and stay with the message because I don't want to keep you here all day long. But they got up, they were, they were following him, they were shouting, they were singing, they were walking along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Now, if I started this morning with Tabitha and worked all the way around the whole crowd and got back to Nick, and I said, tell me all the miracles you have seen. Religious people uh, and, and people who didn't have a great answer would be like, oh, I've just, I, I've seen miracles. I've seen too many. I can't remember. If you've seen too many, you'd remember a lot of them, okay? But let's just move past that. And if, if I asked you all the miracles you've seen, you, you might hesitate to know what to say. You may have some really cool miracles that you would be able to share with us. But I want you, if you claim the name of Jesus Christ, I want you, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, to start seeing miracles in the mundane. I want you to start seeing miracles in your daily walk. I'm guessing that everybody got here this morning without getting in a car wreck that resulted in a hospital trip. Right? No one here got in a wreck and then went to the emergency room, sat there for 14 hours, got sent home, charged $97,000, and then came to church today. Well, hallelujah. Have you looked at 103rd Street traffic lately? Hey, if you made it here this morning and you didn't get in a car wreck or a ticket, hey, you need to give God praise. It's a miracle. Let me just, let me just uh, I, you know, people are like, Pastor, why do you always got to stir the pot? I, I hear a lot about a current crime, not a current crime, but a current dilemma. It's not, it's not new from what I hear has been going on for a long time uh, where people are actually getting pulled over by police, harassed, potentially shot for DWB. 
Anybody know what that is? If you didn't get stopped for DWB this morning and you're B, you ought to give God praise for it's a miracle that in Jacksonville, Florida. And let's just turn it around. Let's just get out of bitterness and get into rejoicing. Let's just get out of just the negative and get into the positive of it all. You got to start being able to say, I've seen miracles. Listen, if all your children aren't currently incarcerated for life and they're not all locked up in a nut ward, I mean, maybe one or two of them. Listen, if you got anything good going on in your life, you ought to count it as a miracle. The Bible says every good thing comes from the Lord. The fact that God would give us anything good is a miracle. The fact that God would know our name is, is miraculous. But they're praising God for the wonderful miracles they've seen. You know, the psalmist said, that we should praise God, we should worship God. The psalmist said that we should forget not all his benefits. I'm convinced the reason why so many Christians are depressed, stressed, wore out, strung out, sad, miserable, mean, negative, critical, is because they don't spend a lot of time thinking about the good things God has done for them. That's why you got to get into that hymn writer mindset. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You, it's so easy for some people, and I know some of it's personality-driven, but we have to grow beyond our personality. Some people are just very positive by, by personality. Some are negative, but you've got to move beyond your personality. And, you know, some people like to focus on the positive. Some people tend to steer toward the negative. You've got to force yourself to begin to see miracles that God is doing, and you got to force yourself to begin to call out his benefits. I woke up this morning. Hallelujah. Listen, I woke up on four hours and 34 minutes worth of sleep. I'm guessing, roughly. That's, that's the time I turned the light off to the time the alarm went on. So I don't, and I don't think it took me long after I turned the light off to be done. But it, I told my kids, it's just a miracle that we all woke up and got to church on time today because I was tired. We were driving back from being out of town last night. This weekend was Jake's birthday. We went out of town for a minute. And I want you to start seeing the hand of God in your life because if you can give somebody credit for something, you ought to start with God. So they, these people, they are praising God. They are singing. They are shouting. And, and they are they're rejoicing. Verse 37 says, when they reached a place where the road started down from the Mount of Olives, all of his fathers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. You probably, without any setup, would have struggled to say when the last miracle you saw was. If you have a child in your home that brushed their teeth without being told to, you ought to give God praise. Glory to God. I mean, just miracles. You got to see miracles because God's a miracle worker. Verse 38, it, it tells what they were saying. You see the quotation marks. This is what they were shouting. This is what they were singing. Bless the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Exclamation point. Always pay attention to the punctuation. So they're excited. Some people never get excited for the Lord. Some people just, if you looked at that, see, y'all don't get to see what I see. Wedgies being pulled out, boogers being picked and looked at. Don't look at it. Your own folk in here. Children are on that side. 
I read one of our deacons this week asked, were they the only family whose child eats boogers? Please don't put that on social media. Ain't that too much, Michelle? That's too much. I don't even know where I'm at now. What are we talking about? Y'all don't know. If I don't know, y'all don't know. Hallelujah. Oh, what I see. Thanks. Somebody's paying attention. I have to look out and watch y'all and try to stay on track and know where I am. And some people come to church just mad. Mean-spirited, just like, you ain't that bad. You ain't tough. If you was that tough, you wouldn't even be in church. You'd be in prison. The rest of the tough folk are in the ground. But I have to watch the crowd. And some people, they just don't want to be happy. Please don't come to church. Listen, if you come to church miserable, because some days are just like that. Get your mind right as you walk in. Get your mind right during the praise and worship. Come to the altar while they're singing and ask God to, to, to steady your mind. I, I got to look out at a crowd sometimes of people that you look like you've never seen God do anything, some of y'all. And I want you to start focusing. I want you to be, listen, there are people, I'm going to get to this and then we're going to finish. There are people that make preaching easy and there are people that make preaching hard. Yeah, please don't. Why do you want to make my job hard? Go to one of them other churches. Bother them. Average message in America is 25 minutes in the average church. Average message for Scott Becker, hour six. To, to make it easy on yourself, go be mean for 25 minutes. Listen, we need to recognize that God has done great things. We need to pay attention to the punctuation. They, they're excited. Some people come to church, never show any excitement at all. That exclamation point, man, they were excited about what they were talking about. And then they went on to say, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Exclamation point. This is what they're shouting. This is what they're singing. They are, listen, following God with excitement. That's the whole message all by itself. Following God with excitement. Now, if we had to put this room in two categories, because you know the world loves to class people, but if we were going to engage in that and we were going to put this room into all, everyone's following God, so let's just pretend that. We know it's not true, but let's just say everybody's following God in this room. And if I had to put you on the following God with excitement, half, or following God without excitement, half, where you at? Let me keep moving. Verse 39. But, transition. But, sometimes buts lead to good stuff, sometimes they lead to bad stuff. But, it's a lot of good stuff going on. But, people singing and shouting to God. But, people following God, up walking. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said. See, here's where church folk, especially in America, have missed it. They want to think that Pharisees always point to preachers. Pharisees weren't necessarily preachers. They were experts in religion. And there's more religious people sitting in pews than there are standing in pulpits. 
The, the Bible talks about, see, every time somebody wants to talk bad about a preacher, they, they say that the preacher is a wolf in whose clothes? Well, sheep sit in the pew. Shepherds stand on the, on the podium. Whole another message right there. Wolf and sheep clothing more likely to be sitting down on Sunday morning than standing up. But but let, let, let me keep let me keep moving. There 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 are people who are Pharisaical in their mindset. What what it, what is a Pharisee? Not a preacher. Not not necessarily a, a, somebody sitting in the pulp, sitting in the chair pew or standing on the pulpit. It's someone who knows stuff about religion, but is not involved in an active love affair with Jesus. When you're more religious than loving, then you're a Pharisee. Doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible, doesn't matter what your profession is. If you know more about religion than you love on Jesus, then you fall into this type of category. The, the Pharisee is, is, is descriptive of someone that is not where they need to be in their heart with Christ. And these Pharisees among the crowd. A lot of preaching could be going on right there. You know, in every good crowd of people that want to follow Jesus, that are up, moving, walking, serving, following, shouting, praising, watching miracles, in every group of people like that, there's always some folk that are among the crowd. Not part of the crowd. They're just among the crowd. They're just not really doing what others are doing. They're just watching and they're among the crowd. Everybody's got somebody. Listen, don't be among the crowd. Be following Jesus at a high level. They said, teacher. <laughs> These other people are crying out God. They say, teacher. These other people are crying out Messiah. They say, teacher. These other people are crying out Savior, Hosanna. They say, teacher. You can tell a lot about somebody by what they say about Jesus. That's how you know who, who the Christian religions are and who the cults are. Because everybody believes in Jesus. Every religious person believes in Jesus, but most other religions believe Jesus was a good man, a gifted teacher, a prophet sent from God. Christians believe that Jesus was God manifest in the, manifest in the flesh, lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross, raised himself from the dead on the third day and living in heaven right now. Does anybody agree with that? More than a teacher... For sure. But they said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. I'm going to give that to you in 2016 speak. I'm going to give that to you. See, there was an excitement going on. Church was getting good. People were shouting and singing. But there were people in the middle of the crowd thinking, now they're not going to say rebuke your followers for saying things like that. But they're going to think in their mind or they're going to lean over to the Pharisee they're sitting next to and say, it don't take all that. It don't take all that. Can I tell you this? It takes more than that. You've never been in a church service where it took less than that. Every church service you've been in, it took more than that. God was worth more shouting, more singing, and more praising, no matter how off the chain it was. But the people whose heart's not really totally in love with Jesus, but they're around church stuff, they have this mindset. 
why they got to do all that singing? Why's all that shouting? Why, why, why they have? And then they try to start judging other people's praise. They start saying, "Yeah, yeah, y'all know you, you, you got them in, in every choir who who just who who have have different ways, and and people want to pick on them and say, I just don't really think she, she ain't that holy. I know her. You don't know what somebody's going through. That's why it's hard to witness to people in your family." Because they have stuck in their mind, I know him. Well, they know the old you. They don't know what God's doing in you today. And they don't want to give you room for what God is doing in you today. Listen, you start judging other people's praise, it's because you don't have any praise of your own. You start judging whether other people are sincere and what. I just, I just could never see me doing all that. I remember the first time I went to a Potter's House service, it was on Friday night. I tried to lead Bishop McLaughlin to Christ in a, in a Shoney's as a total stranger. Walked up to him. Only preacher he knows that ever tried to win him to Christ. Walked up to him in a booth and asked if I could take a moment to share the love of God with him. He let me sit down, go through my speech, laughed, said, you're doing a good job for a Baptist. And I wasn't even a Baptist, but he, you know, he likes to pick on Baptists. But, um, and then he showed me his church that night. We stayed together at 3 or 4 o'clock. He asked me to come out to uh, Friday Night Live, and I went, we got together for lunch, uh, or no, we went out to eat later that night, and he said, Scott, how'd you like the service? I said, oh, it was awesome. Singing was great, preaching was great, and I told him, I said, the thing about me, though, I, I'm just too tight in the butt and too white to be doing all that juking and jiving and butt swinging and, and, and dancing for all that time. I'm glad when you finally got to the preaching. And he told me something 25 years ago that proved to be true then, it's still true now, and it always will be true. Your comfort level with praising God has nothing to do with the tightness of your sphincter or the melanin in your skin. It has everything to do with the desire of your heart and your exposure to the truth. See, there are people that will say, I'm just not wired up like that. That's your excuse. You, you just need to decide, do you really want to do what God has called you to do? These people, they're like, I ain't about to do all that singing. They're in the crowd, and the singing is bothering them. Why? Because they have no praise to offer. The, the shouting is bothering them because it's just not sophisticated. It's just not, what, this, this is not how we do. We need to get past what we do and find out what God wants us to do and do what he do. Rebuke your followers for saying things like, it shouldn't be like that. And Jesus replied in verse 40, if they keep quiet, the rocks along the road will burst into cheers. Well, I don't know if he was being literal or figurative. I don't know. I mean, I, it'd be pretty wild if the rocks just jumped up out of the parking lot and started screaming hallelujah. You better video that because nobody's believing you without some backup. But he said, if they could, I, I, there was an old song. I, I, I haven't heard it in forever, but there was a song, a part of it said, uh, ain't, ain't no rock going to crowd on, in my place as long as I'm alive, I'm going to glorify his holy name. Ain't no rock going to crowd in my place. Now, if that was really true, I mean, it's true, but if that was literal, 
And everyone that walked into church, you know, some of these fancy churches, they have deacons and ushers standing at the door giving a bulletin to everybody. We're not trying to waste all that paper. You want a bulletin, pick one up. You wasn't going to read it. Now. Giving out bulletins to everyone. What if instead of giving out bulletins, we put someone on that door, that door, and that door, and, and everybody, including the preacher, came in, was handed a rock. And if God didn't feel like you were praising him good enough, that rock just jumped up out of your seat and started praising God for you. be kind of cool to watch. But it would be condemnation by rock praise of where your heart is. Jesus said, somebody's going to praise me. Praise is going to happen. Praise is right according to the Bible. And Jesus said, it's going to happen. Listen, what he was telling them, listen, hateful religious people, somebody's going to shout for me because I like shouting. Somebody's going to sing for me because I like to be sang to. And he's going to get his. It's his world. He gets to make the rules. Well, I'm not much into singing. Well, start you a planet. Create a bunch of stuff. And then tell them to sit there, you know, on their thumbs and spin. If that's what you're into. But we don't have planets that we created. We live on a planet created by God, so we got to do what he says. That's what he's telling these religious people. There ain't no keeping quiet around Jesus. He's not into that. He's not trying to have that. Not at this point in history. Psalm 50, verse 23, the Bible says, Whoever offers praise glorifies me, capital M. You want to glorify God? We've been commanded to glorify God. You want to know how to do it? You offer praise. He, it goes on to say, And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Psalm 150 uses the word praise over 13 times, depending on what version you're reading. But in, in Psalm 150, it says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Listen, you are a ye. You read that, you, you, you can switch one letter. You can switch that Y to a what? An M. Praise me, the Lord. I'm going to pray. You need to get into a praise mindset. Every day you need to invest in your spirituality. You need to set an appointment with God, whether it's morning, noon, or night, or all three, or any combination thereof, and you need to every day put your eyes on the Bible. And read some Bible. Every day you need to bend your knees if you're physically able. And you need to talk to God. And every day you need to sing to the Lord. You need to offer God some praise. That everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. The word praise is in our Bible hundreds of times. And praise is commanded of God. Jesus said if we won't do it, somebody will do it in our place. Listen, there's levels. The Bible talks about different people being at different closeness levels to God, you should want to be as close to God as possible. You should want to be as close to God as possible. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You can't even get into the presence of God without two things, thanksgiving and praise. 
If you're unthankful, you can't get close to God. And if you're non-praising, you can't get close to God because you can't come into his courts, you can't get through the gate without thanksgiving, you can't get into the courtyard without praise. You have to have a ticket to get into an amusement park. We went to a couple of amusement parks uh, this weekend. Listen, if you're willing to spend enough money, you get to laugh at people at Universal. The Fast Pass is okay at Disney World, but the Express Pass at Islands of Adventure, you get to walk past everybody. Costs a lot of money, but you get to walk past everybody. You, you, we, we were walking past lines. We were seeing lines said average wait time, 60 minutes. We're like, Express Pass, coming through, coming through, straight to the front of the line. You can't get in to that line without the right ticket. You can't even get into the front area of these amusement parks without the right ticket. You have to have a ticket to get in. You have to have something that allows you admission to get into past the gate. Well, to get past the gate and to get close to God, you have to have thanksgiving. Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Are you th- do, do you complain more than, than you brag on God? Do, do you talk about how bad it is and never realize how good it is? You got to have thanksgiving. You have to have praise. Psalm 111 says, praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The psalmist says, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the congregation. All these people saying, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Tell them, Pastor Scott said you do. You might not have to go to church to go to, to go to heaven. There are people going to heaven that never been in church. But to be a Christian, that means like Christ. Jesus went to church all the time. The Bible says we have these stories in the Bible for our example. If we want what others have, we got to do what they did to get it. The psalmist went to the church to praise the Lord. See, we need to, you made a good decision coming to church today, but did you bring your praise with you? We should have filmed them. Where did Elder Robin go? We should have filmed them. If you're back there filming me, I already told y'all. TBN came to me. We are, people listen to our broadcasts all around the world. We, we have countries that write us, uh, countries I've never even heard of, listening to our podcast. TBN came and asked me to be on television, and it said they, they said they would pay for free. They would let us on for free. They would pay the cost if we would just put on our messages on television. And I told you all back then, and I'm still saying it now, before they put my face on TV preaching the gospel, I'm going to record what y'all look like and let them see what y'all look like when I'm preaching at y'all. Huh. I already told y'all, singers got it easy. See, singers can just act holy. You know what this means? God, I can't look at them no more. That in paint, they get that pain look. Preachers can't do that. They got to read the scripture and try to connect with where you are. Praise is necessary. Say necessary. Psalm 135, 3 says, praise the Lord, semicolon. That is not an option. That's not a request. That's a command. 
We have been commanded by God. Well, I don't like to praise him. Listen, my children don't have authority to tell me that. If I say eat that, and they say, I, I don't, before they even get it, They'll eat it. You get no options. When the boss said do it, you just do it. God said praise him. He didn't have to give us reasons. Why? But he knew there would be objectors. He knew there would be stubborn people. He could have just said praise the Lord, and every good child would have said yes, sir. But he gave reasons. He said for or because the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name for it is pleasant. We praise God because he's good. We sing to him because he finds it pleasing. Listen, not just good singers. Some of y'all women, if y'all ever been in love, and your man sings to you, his voice should sound better in your ear than on the radio. Because we don't want him on the radio. We change that channel. But to you, that ought to sound right. Because when you love somebody and they're singing to you, you like it. And God wants to hear your song, no matter what your personality is and no matter what your singing ability is. Psalm 22, 3 says that God inhabits the praise of his people. Let me get down to it so we can go. Are Christians, is a question, are Christians supposed to praise the Lord? Absolutely, without a doubt. Hundreds of times throughout the Bible, we are commanded to praise the Lord. Now, if I were to ask somebody who hadn't been sitting under this teaching for a long time, how do you, just think about it in your own mind. If I put a microphone on you right now, boom, and said, tell us all now, oh great Christian ye be. How dost thou truly praise the Lord? How do you personally praise the Lord? I've asked this question for 35 years on several different continents. And I've gotten one answer more than any other answer. And it's wrong every time. And if I ask people in this room, I would get this answer from someone. If I had everybody write down, how do you praise the Lord? People that don't have a real answer always give this answer, in my heart. Okay, well, let me just dispel all lies and, and misgivings. You don't praise the Lord in your heart. Praise is a verb. Anybody know what verbs require? Action. You can't pray. I'll give you the same example. Many of y'all heard it many times. It would be no different than if I ran into somebody and Ask them, if I, if I ran into Cedric and, and Cedric was, I saw him at the gas station. Hey, man, what's up? He said, I'm heading fishing. I'm like, fishing, what? Well, I love fishing. Fishing is my thing. I mean, I, fishing is, I love fishing. Whoa! Man fishing. Whoa! Good for you, man. Go and fish. If he said, oh, Pastor, I know you like fishing. i never seen you fishing. Uh, do you like saltwater or freshwater fishing? And if at that point I looked at him and said, oh, I mean, you mean like touching bait? 
with poles and, 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 and water and, you know, fly. no, no, man, I don't do all that kind. Oh, no, I don't do all that kind of fishing. I fish in my heart. Now, good, he loves me. He's been together. We've been together for a long time. He would just say, Pastor's got special needs. He, you know, I would pray for him. If I'm at the gas station and I run into to James, because James would be the only one run, running around in the Florida heat with a weight vest. James does marathons. James would put on a 25, 40-pound weight vest and run around 20, 30 miles out there in the Florida heat. And if I ran into him, he'd get in the water, and I'm getting a Dr. Pepper because that's just how we do. And I said, man, what's with that big old flak jacket? Oh, Pastor Scott, this is a weight vest. This is a 30-pound weight vest. I like to go on 20-mile runs in the Florida heat. And, and I'm, what, running? Like marathons? Oh, man, I love, mar- I love marathon running. Well, if, if he stopped laughing, you know, I'm showing too much to love marathon running. But if it's like, really? You know what I mean? Like full marathons or half marathons? And I said, oh, you mean like actually putting on some tennis shoes? Like getting outside and sweating? Oh, no. I run marathons. You know that person needs medication. You don't run marathons in your heart. You don't go fishing in your heart. And you don't praise God in your heart. You can worship God. On the inside. But praise is a verb that requires an action. And I'm going to give you seven words that we've looked at before as a church. I'm going to give you the seven Hebrew words of praise. See, when we get the Bible, if, if you only speak English, you'll get the most of the points. You don't have to go to school and learn how to speak Hebrew and Greek. But if you do want to get a broader definition of some of this stuff, it's just like when I preach and I have interpreters for me, they can't say everything I say exactly how I say it. Because some of my words just don't have a corresponding match in, in every language. And you who understand, you know, ghetto neck speaking, ask me about it. If, if you understand uh, common Jacksonville speech patterns, you get more of what I'm saying than someone who was sitting in our audience today who spoke English as a second language and had never been around us, okay? There are certain words where the Hebrew people... They understood exactly. We have one word for praise in the Bible. It's used hundreds of times. And typically when it's used in the Old Testament, it's one of seven words. And I want us to look at those words because praise is a verb, and I want you to know how to do it. Because if, see, listen, practice doesn't make perfect. If I said, let's just all practice praising God right now. You could practice praising God in your heart, and you'd be wrong forever. Practice doesn't make perfect. Don't listen to coaches that tell you that. Perfect practice makes perfect. You shoot the ball wrong, you can practice shooting the ball wrong all you want to. You'll just be better at shooting the ball wrong. We need to learn what praise is so we can actually do it. I'm going to give you these seven words real quick. Number one, these words are in no particular order. I will tell you the two when I'm done that are most commonly used or as we go through it, but in no particular order, zamar. Zamar is a Hebrew word. Every time, sometimes when the Bible says, praise the Lord, that word praise is the Hebrew word zamar. And all the Hebrews knew what it meant to do. When God said, praise the Lord, or the psalmist said, praise the Lord, and he said, zamar, Yahweh, they knew that meant to celebrate God in song and in music. 
Now, this isn't just for musically inclined people because everybody's commanded to do this. See, everybody is not uh, a great singer. Everybody's not musically inclined. Everybody doesn't love to read. Everyone doesn't love to pray. Everyone doesn't love to live holy and to deny their own lust. That's all of us. But we're commanded to do these things whether we are inclined to do them or not. When the Bible says praise the Lord, many times what that literally means is you are commanded to celebrate God in song and in music. I wonder if you celebrate God in song and in music. Now, some people who claim to be praisers, well, I'm just a praiser, so I always have to have music on. Uh, what kind of music are we talking about? Because all music don't praise the Lord. Let me keep moving. Another Hebrew word, we see this word praise, we're commanded praise in the Bible. Many times it's the word barak, which means to kneel, to bless God as an adoration by kneeling. Do you know that for some kind of reason, when you get on your knees and tell God you love him, that's very pleasing to him. He likes that. He likes kneeling. That's his thing. And when he says praise the Lord, because if I just said right now, everybody, don't do it. Don't be silly. But if I said, everybody right now, just praise the Lord. Now, you know, all, everybody from charismatic backgrounds will stand up, and they just start clapping and shouting and screaming and, and, and you know, and what, doing whatever. So, you know, good Episcopalians would just sit there and think, oh. And everything in between. But there are literal ways that the Bible defines praise, and we need to praise God the way he says he wants to be praised. And kneeling before him to show him your love is what the Hebrews understood was one of the actions of praise. The most, one of the two most common Hebrew words used when the Bible says praise the Lord many times is the word yada. And it comes from the word yod, which is the hand, and it means to hold out the open hand. And I know people who don't like to lift their hand to the Lord. Now, you know, it, we had to make English versions for people that don't speak Hebrew and Greek. And many times the Bible says, lift your hands. Many times it just says, pray or yada Yahweh, which means lift your hands. Same thing. But it's an expression of praise to hold out the open hand. To God. A lot of different reasons why you shouldn't. I, I do not take time to explain to my children. I don't answer every why question my children have because I'm not trying to be held hostage by terrorists. I'm not going to give up five hours of my day. But why? But why? But why? But why? I have the one answer that my mama taught me from day one. What is it? Best answer you can give because I said so. That's the only reason God, if you love God and you want to obey your heavenly father, that's the only reason you should need. God said, lift my hand to him. Well, what does that really mean, Pastor? You know, do I, do I bend my head the same way I bend my hand? Should I get a hand over? Should I hold him like this? Hold him like this? I watch people that come in from different denominations because I was born into the Catholic Church, got saved in a Baptist church, spent years in the swing from the chandeliers, roll on the floor, literally make barking noises and screaming tongues for hours, church. I've, I've seen every level. And when I see people come in from more conservative backgrounds, I, I, I watch them. And as the days, some go by days, some go by weeks, some months and years, uh, and, and people come in like this looking around. They're going to break out snakes in here. They're raising their hands. I heard somebody speaking in an unknown tongue. I, I, that, 
and that's a lot for some people because our church is kind of weird. We, we, we are a blend. We are not, um, we're too charismatic for Baptist folk because we got four people lifting their hands and believing God for miracles. But we're, we're too Baptist for charismatic folk because we got nobody jumping over chairs. Okay, so we, we're, we're in a different set, but I see people conservative, and they come in, they're looking around like, oh, my goodness, it's one of those churches. But then they stick around, and they're like, kind of like that right there. Hallelujah. And then they move to, hallelujah. And then they're just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, Lord, I love you. Ah! Jesus! Transition. God likes it when you hold your hand out to him. You can go left hand, straight over your head. You can get the up over here. You can get the way out, Jesus. You can get the... Didn't say. Praise the Lord. Yada Yahweh. Lift your hand to God. Now, I told y'all, I get privileged to speak about Baptists because I've been Baptist for a long time. Uh, I was saved in a Baptist church. I went to a Baptist Bible college, graduated from a charismatic seminary. So don't get mad at Baptists for me because I know lots of Baptist folk. But I have seen people, and I'm, and I'm not asking you to do this now. This is just by commentary. Where I've taught, just, just every, everybody in the room lift their hand. I've seen people go like this. That's, that's, that's a mind. Mm-mm, not me. I ain't lifting my hand for nobody. Because I'm Baptist. We don't do that. Lift my hand. Some people wouldn't lift their hand if a, if a man put a gun. Put your hands up. Not me. I'm Baptist, son. Shoot me. I ain't no charismatic here. I ain't raising my hands for nothing. God said, hold your hand up, lift your hand. It it says in English, but many times it's hidden in that word praise when it's really this Hebrew word Yahweh. Hold your open hand up to God. That is one of the most prominent original words where we get our English word praise. The fourth word is Shabbat, which comes easy for me because I'm loud by nature. But to Shabbat means to be loud, to address in a loud tone, to shout to God. Now, God made this part easy on us because he also put in other places in the Bible, shout unto God. But many times where you just read in the Bible where it says, praise the Lord, it literally is the original Hebrew word, Shabbat Yahweh. Shabbat Yahweh means to yell, to be loud in what you're saying unto God. Hallelujah. I don't whisper loud. I don't even whisper soft. Listen. Shout unto God. Say good things to God. My house, we just yell just to be yelling. Uh, we're, it's, all, it's all guys in my house. So we're just loud by nature. Some people are, are more sedity than that. They're more demure than that. They're more refined than that. Listen, your refining process does not exempt you from obeying God. Well, I didn't grow up. We didn't, we didn't lift our voices. We didn't speak loudly. We used inside voices. God is not looking for your inside voice. 
God wants to hear you all the way from North Florida to heaven. Okay, so you need to learn. You need how to learn how to get loud. That's just not in my personality. Obedience doesn't take into account your personality. Just like when I tell my children, eat that food. I don't care if they like it or not. I'm telling them. I'm telling you to eat that food. You're going to eat it. And that's it. The father gets to make the rules. Next word. Now, this is the number one word for praise in the entire Bible. When it says praise more times than any other Hebrew word, this word is translated to praise more times than any other word is translated into praise. Hallel. And it comes from the same root word where we get hallelujah, which means to praise the Lord. Hallel means praise, but it's this, this action, to shine forth, to celebrate, to act foolishly, to boast about, to lose your mind in celebration, to rave. Listen. Jacksonville fans are so ready to stop losing. They got excited. Did they win last night? Oh. If they would have won, somebody would have. Hallel. If if you I've had people, I've had people, I told them, I've had people tell me, Pastor, I'm just not gonna do that yelling and screaming. And it, it literally, the literal translation, to lose your mind in celebration. Just go nuts. I've had people tell me, that, that's not me. I said, if your son scored the winning touchdown with no time left on the clock and y'all won the game, you would, you would scream. No, sir, I would, I would thank him later. And I'm like, you need medication or less medication. You need some help somewhere. Listen, you want to see the best example we have of praise in America is what we do to our athletes. We praise them. We clap for them. We shout for them. When they score, people jump up and down, spill beer, high-five folk. They don't even know. I mean, they, they just they, they don't speak in unknown tongues. They just yell so fast you can't hear what they're saying. It's just people celebrate with excitement. That's the number one Hebrew word. Where When you read praise in your Bible, it is probably the Hebrew word, halal. Which you go off in celebration. You realize there's not as much of that happening in church as there is even in Jaguar preseason football games. And now, sixth round draft pick out of Backwater West Tech Institutional, by the way, junior college at cornerback. Situated eighth currently on the depth chart. Sure to be cut tomorrow, but playing in tonight's game, Bubba Ray McGillicuddy. Wow! Bubba! Bubba! Bubba Sr. losing his mind because his son just got introduced at, at a preseason football game. You want to see Hillel? Go to one of these everybody gets a prize ceremonies for third graders. I got an issue with that. Quit getting trophies for nothing. They had third grade graduation. I mean, are we that bad? We don't expect Junior to hit fourth grade. My 
my kids have heard this their whole they finally just stop inviting me to yeah, they it's just like don't tell don't tell dad they're having a graduation ceremony they'll announce you know Sarah Beth McLean Trisonda Lajinkia Sandras Bubba Ray McGillicuddy. Yeah! Wow, Bubba! And then the principal has to come along. Could we please hold all applause <laughs> until the end? You ain't about to stop Bubba Sr. for shouting. Bubba Jr. just graduated third grade. You better show some respect. Bubba Jr. might not make another graduation, and Bubba McGillicuddy Sr. is about to let the world know, Bubba, I see you, boy. Bubba McGillicuddy Sr. is not embarrassed to praise Junior for getting through the third grade. We say... We believe that Jesus died for our sin is going to get us from here to a heaven that we haven't seen, but we'll sit there and not give him any amount of praise in the church at all, never get excited, never clap a hand, never thank God, never act like we even care that there is a God. But we're going to yell. We're going to have principals have to tell us to please hold our applause. And we got preachers have to strip their voice out to get somebody to get excited. We're commanded to praise God. Number one way, number one Hebrew word for praise is Hallel. Six word Tehillah, which is literally Hallel in song form. Get excited when you're singing. This is singing songs to God with excitement. <laughs> I already told y'all, singers, they close their eyes. I mean, they just, they're just like... Uh, Singing victory songs. We got the victory. We got the victory. We got the victory. We got the victory. What? Let me tell you something. You don't go home on a bus like that. I mean, how many of you? I know you remember. Bus rides home, games we won. <laughs> hey, it didn't matter about your personality. Somebody getting head butted. Somebody getting chest bumped, high five. We're hanging out the window yelling at them as we drive off. Well, it ain't churchy what we were yelling, but they know they lost and they know we won when we were leaving. <laughs> That's why they started having police escorts and, you know, start throwing rocks. But when you believe that you won, you ought to celebrate. You need to get up every day if you're a Christian. And you need to remind yourself. I won. It doesn't matter what happens in this life. I'm going to heaven when I die. God is on my side. I, I, my, I'm, my ticket is paid up. I'm prayed up, and I'm ready to go up. Last one. I'm going to let you out of here. I'm going to skip the rest of this stuff. Tauda. Tauda is from the same word yada, and it means the extension of hands by a group while singing. When the Bible says, many times when the Bible says praise the Lord, it's talking congregationally. And you praise him by singing in the congregation. There's a, a different level of praise where you praise him by singing excited songs in the congregation. There's a different level of praise where you praise him while more than one person is 
raising their hand. Now, I was going to do something that I'm not going to do today because it would just be a show. And churches need to get away from having shows. If I was, I was going to have the band come up, but I'm not. You can play something soft when you get ready. But if I'd have had the band come up and I'd have said, now let's put into practice everything we learned. The choir like, I wish he would. <laughs> They're ready to see some of y'all smile and lift a hand and sing and do some stuff. But I could motivate you in your flesh to shout unto God. Let's just shout hallelujah. And four people would do it. Maybe five. I could motivate you to sing. But sing loud. Because God wants loud. I could tell you to lift your hands and we get a few people lifting their hands and I thought about running through an exercise like that but we'll do it tonight instead we've been given a season to Sunday night where we're not having preaching we're not having teaching we're just coming together and we're spending time together in the presence of God in a corporate setting of being in his presence and I believe healing is coming forth I, I, I believe intimacy with Christ is coming forth I believe that people are growing in their relationship. Not a lot of people are coming on Sunday night. And the sad reality is if you'd rather come to hear somebody preach than to be in the presence of a living God, then you, re you really have misidentified the priority. Now, I'm glad you're here today, but I'm not going to get you to pump you up and do all this stuff. I, I Seriously, it's in my notes to do it. But I'm not going to do it. But what I am going to ask you to do is to consider praising God as a lifestyle. We're commanded to praise Him every day. See, there's, there's two types of people primarily that, that don't praise God. Those that don't want to and those that don't know how to. Because for many people, if you said just right now, and, and I've always done this, and I've, I forgot any of my notes here, but I've, 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 I've done this many times. I'll, I'll end on this. Deacon West, stand up for me. Okay, sit down. Thank you. All right, y'all see how easy that was? He loves me. We've been together for a long time. Our kids spend the night at each other's homes. We're family. Didn't have any problem. I asked him to do something. He did it. All right. Uh, raise your right hand. Put it back down. Say green. Say blue. Now, spread your arms out and hobble a He laughed. You put your arms down. He, he did everything I asked him to do except hobble a Why would he stand up when I say stand up, sit down when I sit down, say, say green, say blue when I asked him to? But when I asked him to hobble a he looked at me like, I why didn't he hobble a slingla? He has no idea what I'm talking about. It's not that he doesn't want to do the things I ask him to do. He's just not sure I know what I'm talking about right now. and he, I, I haven't communicated with him. Now, if I teach him, now we prayed together in my office before we came out here today. If I would have told him at 10 o'clock in my office this morning, now listen, there's a word 
it's hobbling, and it, it's good, and, I, and this is how we're going to do it. And I would, he would do that. A lot of people just don't know how to praise the Lord. They never had anybody take the time to tell them it's an action, it's a verb. There are things that you have to do. Some people won't praise him because they don't love him enough to praise him. Some people won't praise him because they don't know how to praise him. You know how. You've been told how. When you get an opportunity to praise God, I want you to pick a form. I want you to pick an action. I want you to sing to him. I want you to sing loud to him. I want you to kneel before him. I want you to lift your hands before him, celebrate him in song. Lose your mind in celebration. Something other than. This is not praise. That's not praise at all. Yeah. Pump up the roof, man. That's what we got to do. We got we to gotta learn to get excited. We get more excited for athletes than we do Jesus. We get more excited for, I mean, I've, I've heard people talking about, man, I got, I, I'm DVRing it right now. I can't wait home to get to it. Can't wait home to get to it. They can't even speak straight anymore. They're so excited. I can't even wait home to get to it. Some of y'all that just sounded, y'all didn't even notice. Sounded right to me. What are you saying? You praise something. You really do. All of us do. We praise something. But what we've been commanded to do is praise the Lord. So next time you have an opportunity in a corporate setting to sing to God, realize it's not optional. You've been commanded to. Doesn't matter if you don't know the words, they're on the screen. Doesn't matter if it's not your favorite song, sing it anyway. Lift your hands. Cry out to God. I don't want people to come to our church services and say, is it okay to praise the Lord at Abundant Life? I've had people ask me that. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, of course. Well, it's just no one on my row acts like they even care to be there. Here's a hint. Don't judge other people's praise. Get yours on anyhow. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray with me. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this group of people, God. I pray you'd help us continue to grow together. Help us to love you and to love each other. God, thank you for your word, Lord. You've commanded us to praise you. There's a lot to that word, Lord. I hope there was some justice done to the teaching today, God, and I pray that you would Put it deep down in our spirits that we are commanded by you to praise you and that you deserve these actions. Lord, we want to sing. We want to lift our hands, God. We want to honor you. We want to give you what you want. We want to obey you, God. So help us, Lord, to choose your way above our way. Help us to move beyond our personality and our proclivities into obedience, God. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life, in this church, and in the world. You are so worthy, God, of so much more. Forgive us, God, for where we've held back praise. We don't want the rocks to cry out for us, God. We don't want the trees to cry out for us. We don't want others to give you our praise. Empower us, God, to praise you more, to love you more. God, I pray you'd give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. 
Help us, God, to love you more than we love ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We truly appreciate the opportunity to pour into your lives each week. For more information or to donate to Abundant Life's ministry, please check out our website at www.alcfnow.org. Until next time, we pray that you will live abundantly.